Hi, girlfriends. Welcome to the Reformed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend podcast. I am Tori. And I'm Autumn. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, You can find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ReformedCrazyX. And you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And you can watch us on YouTube at Reformed Crazy Ex-Girlfriends Podcast. Woo! And also, we are so thankful. We just hit 55 followers on Spotify. I noticed on Apple Podcasts, we have a couple five-star reviews, which is really exciting. Uh, And I think that we have 10 subscribers on YouTube, so very humble beginnings. But we did want to say, once we reach 100 followers on Spotify, we are going to start a Patreon. So you can... Uh, donate to that once that comes out. We're going to start doing bonus episodes. We're going to do polls for different topics that we talk about in the podcast and just a lot of fun behind the scenes kind of work. Uh, we really, really enjoy doing this. and We've gotten great feedback from you guys so far, which makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So uh, yeah, we just want to keep doing this and improve it. Uh, so yeah, when we reach 100 followers, that Patreon will get launched. So go ahead, tell your friends, make sure you follow us on Spotify. And yeah, um, you want to get us into our first topic today, Tori? Yeah, and just to follow that up, we will also be starting a Discord as well with that. So you guys can get connected, talk about the episodes, engage in girlfriend conversation. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot that. That's a really good point. I love I'm I love Discord. It's so much fun. I know people think it's really dorky, but I think <laughs> it's like the most fun in the world. We're taking it back from the incels. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> So something fun we thought we could start doing, you know, in the name of consistency, is doing a weekly toxic turn tactful tip of the day. You know, like other crazy girlfriends out there, we have been, we've tried that tip out where, you know, you log into Instagram on your browser and you're able to see who your partner is following and was followed by in order. That's, you know, that's, that's a little bit toxic. So we wanted to, we want to get to the root of that and understand why we do that. And, you know, try to turn that to be more tactful and lean away from the toxic side of that. Yeah, so that is definitely something I've done with boyfriends or people I've had crushes on in the past is, you know, you have the conversation. It's like, who is this girl? It's like, oh my God, I've known her forever. It's like, hmm, we just followed her like last week. So <laughs> what the fuck is up, man? Um, but yeah, we should talk about kind of why women mostly feel some type of way about their partners following other women on social media, especially Instagram models, pretty girls, all that kind of thing. Because I think that social media is this new kind of aspect of relationships that does matter. You know, it is kind of the way that you present yourself to other people and to say like, oh, well, it's just following, it's just liking. I think that's a little bit reductive. So I think that it comes down to insecurity and it comes down to jealousy, which are things that we can each work on as individuals. So if you are looking at your partner's follower list and you get a little bit bothered, then you should approach your partner and just say, you know, it makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel jealous. It makes me feel like 
you know, we're not as strong a partnership as I'd like us to be when you go seek out other girls um, on social media and kind of present it in that healthy way. And hopefully, you know, your partner loves and respects you and will be receptive to that. Yeah, I think their reaction will just sort of be a tell all if they freak out and call you crazy and call you insecure. Mm-hmm. That just lets you know a little bit about them and Definitely. would be a really big red flag before you got too serious. If they're really receptive mm-hmm. and understanding about it, I think that shows they have a lot of empathy and understanding of what it's like to be in a healthy relationship. I mean, I can't talk too much about this because I I confronted my boyfriend about social media and he's just he just deleted all of his social media in response <laughs> to that. So he's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I don't I don't feel like doing that in this relationship. So Oh my God. I mean, and honestly, if someone loves you and respects you, then they're going to want to make you feel loved and respected yeah. and cared for. I think if someone tries to push back too much, it's like, oh, well, you're being insane. I'm going to like whatever I want. I'm going to follow whoever I want. It's like, I think that people's first reaction sometimes is to be ultra defensive, but uh, you do need to figure out how to have healthy communication. I think that's what a lot uh, of kind of obstacles and relationships come down to is bad communication. So that's our little tip of the day is how to kind of talk to your partner if that's bothering you, because that's a totally valid thing to be bothered by. You know, I personally don't get too tilted if my partner follows like other women uh and likes pictures you know if it gets out of hand I think where I cross the line is like if you're dming them if you're commenting you know I appreciate beauty and I understand that I'm not the only pretty person in the world so that doesn't bother me but if it bothers you that's a valid thing to be bothered about and your partner should respect you yeah yeah that's a very mature approach on it because and it just comes it does come down to insecurity because if I Mm -hmm. saw my boyfriend liking girls pictures that he didn't even know just because he liked how they looked I think I would be I mean I've had that experience before (laughs) with past boyfriends and but it definitely did get worse he would message them Mm -hmm. on snapchat and like slide up on Mm -hmm. their stories and stuff so I definitely do come from a biased point where I just think that they should block all women on the internet. Every time a new (laughs) woman makes an Instagram account, I think you should automatically block her. I think that's actually a really, really healthy coping mechanism, and we should actually just go ahead with what Tori just said. Have your boyfriend block all women forever. I mean, what's he? What does he need to see other women for? Yeah, that's just stupid. To see you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Obviously. <laughs> oh, okay. So some of the topics that we're going to get into today, we're going to uh, circle back to our thoughts about the David Dobrik uh, controversy going on. We're going to talk a little bit about OnlyFans because I have an OnlyFans, so we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of that. We're going to give you guys a life update, and then we're going to talk a little bit about spirituality. Tori says she has a fun story for us, right? You yes, said you had something I do to say. Have a okay. fun story. Very exciting. So yeah, that, that's going to be kind of the vibe for the episode today, so definitely keep listening. But I think first we'll delve into the David Dobrik stuff because we uh, – filmed our last episode what was it Sunday and 
the Insider article came out the day after that. So basically, as soon as we uploaded our episode, everything we said was completely out of touch like a few hours later. (laughs) Um, So yeah, this has been... Man, we don't really want to become a drama podcast necessarily, but this is beyond drama. This is like an overarching issue. Uh, this is a crime that's been committed. You know, this is in line with the Me Too movement and rape culture and stuff, which is really important to us. So we just want to like circle back and give our closing statements on this because I would hate for our last episode to be the last thing uh, that we say on this. I don't want people to get the wrong idea of yeah. how we feel about it. Basically- you know, because I. To sum up our thoughts, fuck David Dobrik. Um, Mm -hmm. Hashtag deport David Dobrik 2021. (laughs) Yes, I I wholeheartedly agree. Deport David Dobrik 2021, I think. Yeah, I feel like, you know, even though we were being really harsh critics of him, I almost feel like we gave him too much benefit of the doubt when we were talking about cancel culture in the last episode. But this is so beyond anything. I mean, just on TikTok alone, there's been so many stories about girls getting seriously assaulted for his vlogs at his parties and things like that and him just like treating women horribly it just feels like all of these people in the vlog squad are puppets for him to use and make money off of and that's really disturbing so I do hope that there's some real consequences that come out of this article I did see that uh, Trisha posted some articles where he's being reconsidered by a lot of his sponsorships which i think is good um but yeah i i do hope that there's some consequences because the insider article was was a tough pill to swallow for sure oh my gosh it was so sickening and it's just so ridiculous when you watch his video that was meant to address the things that were going on and Mm -hmm. how he just assumed it wasn't going to get taken to this point that he wasn't going to get exposed for those things. So he mm-hmm. was saying things like, I've missed the mark in the past. I've made all these videos. You know, we're yeah. guaranteed to see things like this. And then it just turned increasingly more sinister because that's not missing the mark. That's not wanting to make people happy and create a positive environment in his videos when he creates a culture. Mm-hmm where this thing can happen. And I saw someone make a TikTok where they were talking about how they've met the vlog squad before. And Mm -hmm. she was saying they are quite literally just fraternity boys with cameras. And that made so much sense to me. I'm like, yes, that's exactly how they act. And they're doing things Mm -hmm. that frat boys do. And so it really is no surprise, I guess, that they're this vile and disgusting because they have that same type of culture. Yeah, there is something to be said. I mean, I don't know that much about Greek life, but there is something to be said about how when men get in this kind of power structure, get into this kind of dynamic, uh, they embolden each other to do really horrible things and embolden each other to treat women really horribly. And I think that's a huge problem with the vlog squad and a huge problem with fraternities in general. Um, And I know that there's women part of it, but I guess like that's just the sorority equivalent. I think that often sororities are complacent in the mistreatment of women and great culture a lot. And um, it's just really sad. And this is, an ecosystem that was created to get away with murder pretty much like they 
they got away with way too much for way too long. And I just hope that the victims get some sort of justice that they can move on with their lives in a positive manner and that this brings them some healing because that's who really loses in the end. You know, David is still a millionaire, but these girls have to live with what happened for the rest of their lives. So really, really sad thing to talk about, but I think it was important because we did bring it up in the last episode. I just wanted to make sure that we address this aspect of it because, you know, even though it's uncomfortable, it is really important to speak on. Yeah. And now to a more important topic, OnlyFans. Of course, the most important <laughs> thing in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have an OnlyFans. I've had an OnlyFans for a few months now. Um, I've done sort of sex work since I was like 18. Um, I don't do porn. I don't do nudity, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's just not what I do. I do lewd cosplay videos and photography. Um, And yeah, I've done Patreon in the past. I've done paid shoots with photographers. I've worked with brands at conventions and things. And I have a lot to say on the subject of OnlyFans and sex work uh, in general and kind of how I guess it's blown up since quarantine. I think that's a really interesting topic, but I don't know. Where should we start? Do you want to like ask me questions? How do you want to set this up? We can yes. go anyway, or should I just like spitball? <laughs> I, I'd love to ask you questions because I know like a decent amount, mm-hmm. but I still have a lot of curiosity towards how you started. So did you start OnlyFans while it was blowing up or were you kind of on it before it came to where it is now? Yeah. So I did Patreon um, for cosplay stuff for the longest time, like off and on. I didn't really join OnlyFans until after it had blown up. Um, And I prefer OnlyFans to Patreon a lot. They're more sex worker positive. And I think that the pay model and kind of how you make money on OnlyFans makes a lot more sense to me versus um, Patreon. I think Patreon's really good for like artists and podcasts and other things. Um, but for me and what I do personally, uh, I like OnlyFans a lot more. But yeah, I kind of started after the hype. So does Patreon take a portion of what you make or how does their pay structure work? Yeah, um, Patreon does have a similar um, like fee model to OnlyFans. I think they're both like in the 30% range. Um, really? That's huge. Y- yes. Yeah, it's not ideal, but um, they take – it's it's not ideal. Of course, I'd like to make 100% of the money, but also – I didn't have to make my own website. I don't have to do a lot of the payment stuff. They take care of like refunds and things like that. A lot of those like kind of customer service issues I don't have to take care of. So to me, it makes sense that I get to use this platform that they take care of like 90% of those backend things. And all I have to do is post my content. So to me, it makes sense. I know some people disagree. Um, It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I think that it takes a lot of the work off of you. So what do you have in mind for the future of your OnlyFans? Do you have anything exciting in the works? Yeah. um, Right now, I 
have gotten really into self-photography. I used to only be shot by like other photographers and trying to shoot with friends and stuff, which I love. I do miss it. But quarantine has made me be a lot more self-sufficient. I figured out my own lighting. I figured out how to do my own editing. And I just like uh, making sets and I like making costumes and kind of making a whole little world. So recently I did this Alice in Wonderland set. I cosplayed as Alice and I made uh, like the tree from the Painting the Roses Red scene and I made this whole backdrop and I had like a paint can. It was fun. It was like this whole little world that I built. So that was really fun and satisfying. I want to do that. I'd really love to do a WandaVision <gasps> set. I know, right? Oh <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you could do different like decades and everything. Exactly. <gasps> and you could put like infinity stones over your boobs. That is a really good idea. Infinity stones pasties. That'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, I really want to do a WandaVision one and I have a Sailor Moon one in the works. Mm. So that's what's coming up. Yeah. Wow, I'm very excited <laughs> for the WandaVision one. Thank oh you, gosh. thank you so much. Yeah, no, that I'm really excited <laughs> for that. I obviously love WandaVision very much. Can I like take a photo shoot of me being uh Vishon, like the, the vision with the turtleneck on, and you can cut and paste me into the background so everyone of knows course. they can't mess with you? Of course, I would love that. You're gonna be my little my my caretaker. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. What yeah, would you um, say is like the worst side of doing OnlyFans? Have you had any bad experiences yet? Yeah. Um this is something that you and I were talking about the other day, and this was a conversation I had with one of my other friends that does OnlyFans, is that people don't understand that sex work is a job and not a lifestyle. So people treat you a certain way throughout your entire life and perceive you in a certain way just because you are a sex worker when it's like, I do my job nine to five like everybody else. And when I'm done with that, I'm just a normal person that is not this like sex doll come to life, you know? And I like my job a lot. I am so fortunate to make... um enough money to cover my expenses and have the luxury of time and being able to work from home, especially nowadays. You know, I love all that. That's all great. But yeah, uh, people do treat you differently when you go into this line of work. And I'm lucky that all of my other friends um, do OnlyFans as well, so they get it. I have a very tight-knit group of women that are close to me that understand. But there's a lot of people that don't get it and there's a lot of people that pass judgment even though they don't know you and I think that's really upsetting but you do develop thick skin and I think let me just go on my little tangent <laughs> like I do um if you are 18 you just turned 18 don't do sex work if you have any other options because it does mess with job opportunities. If you're in college, it can mess with uh, academic work. If you wanted to go to grad school or work in academia, it's going to be very, very difficult to do those kinds of things. I don't want to do any of that. And I knew I didn't want to do any of that. So I'm lucky that I'm on a different path in life. But um, 
yeah, I think that there's this weird culture around getting these girls that are like freshly 18 and it's not new. People have been doing it with strip clubs. People have been doing it with porn, getting these young girls straight out of high school, just turned 18 and putting them into sex work when they don't really know the consequences and then they're not ready. I think you should wait till you're at least like 20, 21, because you're going to mature and change a lot more. You're going to be able to handle yourself very differently. Um, Yeah, there's like this big, big, big glamorization around sex work, calling it like this hugely empowering feminist move. And it's not empowering to play into the male gaze and act in the exact way that men want you to act. However, not every decision I make as a woman has to be an inherently empowering one. What's empowering to me is making my own schedule and not having to go work a demeaning minimum wage job, which I've done in my life. That sucks the life out of me. That ruins my mental health. Now I make my own schedule. I do something that's creatively liberating and I do get to express my sexuality in a way that I feel is positive. That's true to me. Um, But yeah, I think that young girls should wait because I think that society is kind of grooming girls way, way too young to go into a lifestyle and to a job that they're not necessarily prepared for. Um, But yeah, I get it. I mean, I did it. This is kind of a do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. I understand what it's like to be desperate and need money. A lot of people get into sex work because it's like, I need to get $500 right now, and you can. You can get money quickly, but it's not easy. Um, So, yeah, that's my little soapbox that I wanted to stand on. I hope that doesn't make it sound, like, too negative or scary, but I think that has to be said because a lot of young girls are seeing Gucci bags and Teslas and beautiful apartments in Miami, and they're not realizing that there are consequences to it. There always has been, and there always will be. Thank you. <laughs> what would you say is the perception of like your family and friends who don't do OnlyFans? What do you think their perception of it is? How have they reacted? Yeah, um, I think that because I don't do porn and nudity, I get put into a different category. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes, I guess the pill a little bit easier to swallow. Like my mom, she loves that I'm creative and she loves that I do cosplay and stuff. And when I first started doing like sexy photo shoots, she was like, "Mm, why are you doing that? But she does ultimately support me and she does want me to be happy and she trusts me to make my own decisions. And she likes that I make my own money and that I'm dependent in that way. And um, I also am able to work from home. So I'm able to help take care of my grandma, which is something I wouldn't be able to do if I wasn't. So I don't think it would be her first choice uh, as a career path for me. But I think that she respects the hustle. And <laughs> um, yeah, she lets me make my own decisions, which I appreciate. So doing something like that, what do you see as the long-term goal? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I think that sex work is a temporary thing. I think I could probably do this till I'm 30 unless I get a lot of plastic surgery, which I don't really feel like doing because, uh, yeah, the truth about sex work is it is people – 
want to look at young girls or at least women that look young, which we can get into <laughs> what that means culturally another time. Um, I know that there's lots of really amazing sex workers that are older that do different stuff that I do. For me personally, I do cosplay and modeling and you have to look a certain way to do that successfully. So for me, this is about supporting myself and saving money and putting money into investments. I'd like if ideally if I can get to a point where I make a good amount of money, like I want to make a bunch of money, buy a house and retire and then not work ever again. Um but yeah, I'm learning a lot of skills as far as marketing and social media and business and taxes. Like I'm pretty much running myself as a business. And those are marketable skills that I can take into other things um, one day. But yeah, I don't really know what I want to do, but I don't think I'll be doing this in 10 years. Probably not. How do you think uh, doing OnlyFans has affected your confidence? Do you think it's played into some insecurities because you have to work so much on the editing and just look at yourself all the time and scrutinize? Or do you think it's made you more confident because you've been desensitized to your appearance maybe? Yeah, I think that I'm probably desensitized to my appearance, but I've also learned that like, your personality matters in this business so much more than your looks. Like there's a hundred gorgeous women on OnlyFans. People can go to anybody and see a cute girl, but someone that has personality and someone that, you know, puts a lot of effort into their photo shoots and puts a lot of kind of their own flair into how they decide to run their OnlyFans is going to be a lot more successful than just like a random cute girl that posts bikini pictures. And like whatever works, I'm never going to bash anybody's hustle. But a lot of the people that are subscribed to me always compliment me. They're like, you're so funny and you're like so creative and so talented and stuff. Um, so that feels really good. So I feel like it has in a weird way, take an emphasis off of my looks because it is kind of weird when I'm like sitting editing a set and I'm like, oh my God, I like hate that I have pimples all on my back and I hate that like my stomach has like rolls a certain way. But honestly, like people don't care. People really don't care as much as you care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think, I think I've gained confidence through it. So... Moving forward, I feel like that was very insightful into the world so. of OnlyFans. If you guys have any questions, please shoot us a message on any of our socials because I think it's just a really interesting topic. Yeah. And I and I really like my job. I hope that, that my little rant didn't make people think like, <laughs> oh, this poor girl, she has to sell herself to make money in this world. It's like... It's not like that. I just think that it's – I feel like there's such, like, extreme glamorization. I just want people to be more realistic. But I do yeah. like my job and I have a lot of fun with it and it has given me the luxury of time and freedom. So for that, I am grateful. But, yeah, just just think about it before you 
make an account. No, I think that's really good advice because I think there's many examples of people who did sex work in their past and then attempted to move on to a different type of career and were persecuted out of it because of the stigma behind it. So yeah, I think you're totally right. I don't think it's something you should jump into fresh as an adult at 18 Mm -hmm. because yeah. You don't flip a switch at 17 to 18 and all of a sudden you have the mental capacity to make those forever decisions. So I think it's definitely something yeah. if you're considering, you should sit on it and really weigh out the consequences before you make that leap. Certainly, certainly. What else you got going on? <laughs> what else is <laughs> happening in your life? Oh my gosh, my life is like just not exciting at all. It does feel like we're turning a corner as far as like the pandemic goes. I really hope that I can get vaccinated soon and start enjoying the finer things in life again. But lately, I mean, I'm so in love with doing this podcast with you. I've had so much fun doing like video edits and working on like TikToks and stuff, which has been great. Um, I mean, I'm in school and school has been all right. I have this thing where it's like I go in and I'm so excited to learn because I do love learning. I love teaching myself things. I love reading, like all that. But then every time I go back to school, I'm reminded that it's an institution and it has (laughs) nothing to do with knowledge. They just want you to do a bunch of stupid fucking tasks and I'm not going to be joker brained right now because that's irritating but i i am always disappointed by the reality of our education system every time i take a class the only thing that i'm enjoying right now is my art history class i am learning a lot and my t- professor is very sweet but that's really all i've got going on i'm a very boring person to be honest i feel like the pointlessness <laughs> of school becomes more and more evident the closer you are to being done like this is my last semester yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is literally just bullshit, especially classes Mm -hmm. you have to take in order to graduate. Like, for instance, I'm working on my capstone right now, and it's supposed to be this opportunity to work on research and develop a form of writing that you can submit, I guess, to show what you know and what you're able to write. But where Mm -hmm. I'm at right now, not knowing what I want to do anymore, it just feels so stupid because, well, one, Mm -hmm. I know I'm never going to do research and I'm never going to go to complete like my master's, which is really what this is to help and propel because you do so much of that stuff in a master's program. So it feels so stupid and so pointless to me. And it's hard just because I have a tendency to half-ass everything and because I'm coming around that corner of being done, I feel like my version of half-assing things is getting more and more pathetic. (laughs) Oh, no. I know because I half-ass something and I see that it's like A-worthy, like a high Mm -hmm. A-worthy. So I'm like, oh, I can half-ass things even less and still get a medium A. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I've really been I've really been struggling to get through this last semester. I've been feeling a lot of self-doubt in what the future holds. I think it's just really hard and I think a lot of people will relate to this. I love creative things. I love expressing myself. 
I mean, if you asked me what I like to make, I couldn't tell you because I think I just like to do a lot of little bits of random things. I mean, mainly I love ceramics. Like I love making pottery. It is mm-hmm. my diehard soul passion. But You are such a great potter, by the way. Like every time okay. you show me one of your little things, I – I, you need to start like a little Etsy or something once you have the time because that little mushroom thing was so cute. I love your egg mug. Like you really are talented. Thank you. I think, well, so there's tons of potters out there and they've been spending years and years and they're way more advanced and have better access to things. And that's my only hesitation in ever starting one because I don't have the product to mass manufacture pots in the way that they are and their stuff Mm -hmm. just looks more professional like I feel like if I were to sell my things I'd be like embarrassed because I would notice all the little flaws and it just wouldn't look like real artist work I feel like first of all I love the like handmadeness because I've seen you know at little farmers markets people make these really beautiful oh yeah ceramic goods and that's beautiful and impressive and I respect that but I do think that there is a charm to something that you can tell it was like made by a person and it has you know little imperfections to it you have to be willing to put out something imperfect as an artist because First of all, you have a product that's good enough to sell 100%. Like all of those little things, like you could be like cottagecore mushroom mug and someone (laughs) will buy that 100%. Like it is good. Like what you can do, not many people can do. Um, But yeah, I think that as an artist, we're always our own worst critic and you want to put out the most perfect thing, but you have to be able to let that go and be like, this is good enough because no one is looking at your stuff under a microscope the way you are. Um, Yeah, you do just have to be willing to put out something imperfect. That's the best advice I've ever gotten as an artist. I think what sets me apart because – so I'm not like an advanced student by any means and we have some advanced ceramic students at my school and the stuff they produce Mm -hmm. is amazing. They're able to make like these huge pieces of work And they're taking advanced classes, so they're learning these techniques that I'll never get to learn, at least from my school. But I feel like what sets my stuff apart is that they're really cute and quirky. Like, for example, my egg mug. It's like, I've never seen an egg mug before. Like, I just feel like it's silly. And if I saw it, if I went to a flea mark and I saw an egg mug, I would Mm -hmm. spend 30 bucks to buy it, you know? Exactly. Like, The technique can come because anybody can practice that and be good at it. Because when you put in a certain amount of hours, you know, you just get good at something. That's just how things work. But you do have like a good sense of style and taste and the stuff that you make is unique. Like you said, like that egg mug is so freaking cute. Like I love eggs in the morning. Like how cute would that be if you're like a little influencer, you have like your fucking eggs and your coffee and your egg mug. Like (laughs) that alone is so cute. I think that you just need a little confidence. So everyone go tell Tori how cute her egg mug is and how cute her mushroom thing is because it's on her TikTok somewhere so that she will be confident enough to sell her ceramics and never work a nine-to-five job because that's dumb and stupid (laughs) so that's that's where I was going with that that's what I am absolutely dreading because so I've worked an office job before where I've had to sit at a desk and I don't know if it was a full eight hours I think it was a shortened position because I was still in school 
but I would do the same monotonous task over and over, typing and looking through files and working with clients and stuff. And it crushed a literal piece of my soul. And something that offices do that I feel like is intentional is there's no windows in the common space. Like you have to go seek them out. And so you're Mm -hmm. in this dim lighting with no sunlight, just a blue screen glaring at your face constantly. And it is so just absolutely heart crushing, miserable to do. And I'm so terrified that I'm on this trajectory heading towards that where I won't get to express my creativity and I'll be forced to sit at a desk all day and develop carpal tunnel and a beer gut. And I'm just not looking forward to that. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. I feel like (sighs) there's so many messages in society that say, well, you have to do this because this is the only way you're ever going to make money. Like we just don't show people that you can do creative stuff. Like being an artist is a worthy job and it's a job that you can make a decent living off of. Like even if you just decide to do ceramics and you know, sell that. And like, if we ever make money off of this podcast, and I know that you make a little bit of money off of TikTok, like those are all things that are worthy investments of your time that can become something bigger because that's the whole point of an office job. Anyways, you go in at the ground level and you make shit money, but you put a bunch of time into it so that eventually you can become the, the boss monkey. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, I think that I see how special you are, and I know that you don't see it, but, like, a lot of people don't have what you have and don't think the way that you think and aren't creative in the way that you are, so I feel like if you just gave yourself the chance, you could do it. Like, you could pull this off, you know, but you have to allow yourself to try. I had the most depressing ass conversation with my coworker yesterday because all my coworkers are kind of weighing in right now, telling me what to do because I've had all this doubt about going to law school and I think mm-hmm. I'm leaning so far away from it. It's just not even on my radar anymore, which is crazy because it's what I've wanted to do since I was nine years old. But yeah. I, I had this conversation with my coworker yesterday and she stopped me and she's like, you know what I could do if I... Uh, could start my li- life over, I would be a school teacher. Okay, so I live in a predominantly religious town where family first, mm-hmm. career and ambition, like 10th after everything yeah. else. And she's like, you know, if you're going to be a mother, it's so amazing because you get off at the same time your kids do. And that's a separate conversation. She was giving me this whole conversation with the idea that I'm going to pop out 10 kids right away but oh I said does Keaton know this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no uh, but I've considered it before because he's going to medical school so I'm like do I just rope him into four kids right away so he has to support us and I can do (laughs) ceramics in the garage and the little kids can stick their pudgy little hands in but (laughs) I said to her, I was like, well, I've thought about before, like maybe going and being an elementary school art teacher, because I think that's so silly and fun. And it would allow me to express myself in style and fun Mm -hmm. dangly earrings and 
doing fun yeah. art projects with the kids. And you know what she said to me? <laughs> she's like, what? Um, She's like, how many art teachers do you think schools really need? And she's like, you need to pursue something like English and science because there's always going to be a need for that. Art is going to get cut out. That's not an opinion. That's just a fact that the arts are going to be rid of sooner rather than later. And I was like, what? You think art is going away? Like, what is the point of life if everything is just English and science? Art's going to be forever. Yeah. Art has been and will be forever. But it it really made me sad because mm-hmm. I work just kind of in a dismal, bleak, dim-lit office. And she was just telling me how art is going away. And I was like, oh, well, I guess everything I love about life is just going to disappear and will only be left with social studies. I think that person's problem is that they just don't know anything else. When you've lived in a small religious town your whole life and, you know, you just know that dim office, then, yeah, you're not going to see all the possibilities in life. But it's like, look at how many people are artists and how many people get to pursue their dreams like why would you take that away from yourself it's difficult it's not an easy life path but it's like at least try and if you fuck up then you go to law school after it's all said and done. <laughs> you know it's not like that option completely leaves if you don't decide tomorrow yeah i just keep you thinking know maybe i'll just nick miller it and go to two years of law school realize I hate it, drop out, have a copious amount of debt, and then become a bartender and just be a quirky dude living in a loft with some roommates. Um, I think we can do a little bit better than that. I think that <laughs> perhaps better we could Nick nip that in the bud. <laughs> I mean, he does get Zoe Deschanel in the end, so it's kind of cool. Does he? Be- okay, so I – don't think I've watched the last season of New Girl because I have this weird thing about finishing shows because if I don't finish them, that means they it's haven't ended. So I haven't finished The Office either, but I don't think I've seen the last season of New Girl, but I did watch a video where they talked about how it got left open-ended because the show got canceled out of nowhere. But did he so... end up his invitation now? Just for me to know from my own personal knowledge. I haven't finished it either. <laughs> um, I'm literally just guessing. I thought that all sitcoms ended with like the storybook happy ending. I honestly don't know if they end up together. Uh, just yeah. like we don't know what the fuck my future is. <laughs> <sighs> the sitcom of your life got canceled. So now we're just winging it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Before I start to disassociate, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about spirituality and. Yes. I want to hear your story. I'm so curious. Well, so h- how do you feel about spirituality? Kind of what is your take on it? Yeah. I mean, I haven't personally drawn any conclusions as to what is 100% true, whether it's God or witchcraft or paganism. Um, I do really like to meditate and I like to be mindful and I like the ritual of manifestation and writing in your journal and having candles and crystals and stuff. Um, I like those things because they make me feel good and I like them aesthetically and I hope that's enough. I know that some people are going to not like that answer, but that's the truth is 
they make me happy and that's enough. <laughs> I know. Shiny rock make me feel good. That should be enough. Right? Thank you for agreeing. <laughs> well, so spirituality for me. So I was brought up Mormon, kind of. I feel like I fail at everything in life, including religion. So my family is not religious anymore. But it's kind of weird because my mom loves the Mormon religion. She's always wanted to be accepted by them, even though we never will be. Uh, but Why not? Hold on. What? Because so there's... I require elaboration. <laughs> so... I am not going to speak for all Mormons, but in mm -hmm. our experience, which I am one, so I'm allowed to speak on this. Thank you. In our experience, we have just met a lot of super judgmental people, people who point the finger instead of turning the finger around and realizing like what they do. And I mean, all of basically all of their ideologies from the beginning, I've never aligned with because as a kid, I feel like I was already really self-aware and would always question. And in that religion, mm -hmm. you're not really allowed to question. That's always a bad thing. You yeah. just need to accept things for what they are. And so I remember being nine years old and they were talking about how our body is a temple and they said, that means to never, ever get a tattoo. And I raised my hand and I said, what about temporary tattoos? And they said, no. Your body is a temple, no temporary tattoos. You do not put anything on your body. And I was like, well, that's a load of crock shit. And I told my mom I never wanted to go back. That's hilarious. Um, but I think my mom's just always kind of wanted that sense of connection with a community. But mm -hmm. it's just weird. It's almost like they can sniff us out. Maybe it's the fact that we drink coffee before we go and they could smell it on our breath and they knew oh, that we no. weren't one of them. <laughs> but growing up, she has always been into like small bits of spirituality. Like she believes in spirit okay. guides 100%. And she's always had a tarot deck and she has a cousin who is psychic. So she does tons wow. of like psychic key things with there. And she's mm -hmm. been into meditating as well. And she said that's how she's met her spirit guides. So growing up, I was exposed to that and I really liked it. And she bought me my first tarot deck and how special yeah i know it's really special i still have it and use it as frequently as i remember to but like most things in my life i half ass pursue it so i would say i'm not too deep into it but i love it and i do the things that resonate with me so i believe mm -hmm. in spirit guides and i've always wanted to know more about them and who they are because they can like have a form, I guess, and present themselves to you as they guide you. And so my therapist is really into spirituality and she has cer certain gifts where she's really connected with her spirit guides and she uses um, a little swingy thing. It's like a crystal on a chain that she swings. Pendulum? Around. Yes. And um, she recommended me to another therapist in the office. She is an energy worker. So she does energy work on people. So she like. Like Reiki? Um, I don't know how to. No, not necessarily. I don't know how to answer that. I, oh, okay. She does like the stolen American version of like chakras and like cleaning oh. out your chakras and stuff. <laughs> But gotcha. I guess I, I don't want to shit on her too hard because I know everything she does is strictly what 
feels like right to her. Like I know Mm -hmm. a lot of traditions and things are stolen, but I think there's people out there who have adapted it to do what works for them. And so I think what she does is what has resonated from her and what she feels like has come from the source that she operates with. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fair. But so she recommended me to her. So I went and did an energy work session because I've been feeling, I don't know, so confused about life and blocked up. Like I don't have a lot of close friendships, you know, I'm fucking depressed, miserable, whatever. And so I went to her and she did all this work on me. And she asked me if I wanted to meet my spirit guides. So prior to this, I had been feeling super hyper emotional. So I lost my grandma when I was 15. I think mm-hmm. she died like really suddenly. It, it was really sad. She was like sick for a while, but she wasn't addressing it. And then it just all came to a head really, really quickly. And that's always been really hard for me because I definitely was the closest to her, I think, out of most of my family. And it makes me really sad to know that I'm like an adult now and a completely different person and she'll never get to know that person. And so she was a sewer. She was a typical grandma and would do cross stitching all the time. And she had this pin cushion and it was a little tomato. And I'm pretty sure it's like a staple of all pin cushions. And I loved it so much. And I thought it was a toy when I first saw it. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. And I even made a comment to Keaton at one point. We were at a craft store together. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I want to buy some material and try to make myself a pincushion just so I can feel closer to my grandma. And so I was having this energy work done. And this is probably like a month later. And I'd been feeling super emotional and wanting to connect with my grandma. And so... After she'd done some cleansing on me, she was like, is there a spirit guide that wants to come forward and talk to Tori? And so she's taking a couple seconds and I was sitting there like with my eyes closed and she's like, okay, I'm seeing something. Um, I see a pin cushion and I immediately. (gasps) No. I know. I immediately started sobbing. I was crying so hard. Like I was like so choked up. I couldn't even get a work a word out. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing like sewing needles and a pincushion. And I was just crying Holy so shit. hard. And she's like, oh, okay, that means something to you. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's my grandma. She was a huge sewer and had like a big red tomato pincushion. She's like, yeah, yeah, it is your grandma. And she just started uh, giving me messages for my grandma, which was so crazy oh my god wow I know and so it's just so hard because you know spirituality it's like it's not seeing as believing you just kind of have to take things for what they are so Mm -hmm. all the time I just feel all this doubt and I say all the time okay well if you're real just give me a sign and then I don't get a sign and I'm like okay well it's all bullshit then but it was just Mm -hmm. so nice to feel this like a little bit of, I mean, not even a little bit, like this big connection. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And she told me that another one of my spirit guides is a German shepherd. And she asked me if I had any German shepherds in my life. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. But look out. Yeah. Look out for a German shepherd. (laughs) 
That's so funny. Oh my gosh, I wonder what that could be. Um, that's a really incredible story. I love hearing stuff like that. I feel like uh, with the rise of spirituality has come some people that are kind of predatory and they will just like say stuff to you to see if it clicks exactly and i feel like a lot of the mediums and like spiritual healers that i've personally met have been people that are like oh i'm gonna prey on desperate people that are just looking for answers and be like oh i i see a man with a heart condition <laughs> like <laughs> and you end up giving them too much information yes. because you're looking for something but that has been my personal experiences but i do know i've also heard people have like legitimately truly incredible um breakthroughs with people that have gifts like that and i think that's so cool and one day i would like to meet one dude now i'm a little paranoid i don't think i gave her too much information leading up to it but no but we I think- did talk like prior to the session starting and i just told her like a little bit about my family and i wonder if mm-hmm. she's like hmm, i bet there's a grandma in the mix there let me just bring up a sewing kit and see if that works I think pin cushion specifically, that's so out there. Like, there's no way. There's no way. My, like, I remember one time my mom brought a medium into our house and I, like, kept telling her, I'm like, don't say anything. Let's just see what they say because we had seen so many at this point. But it's like we had, like, pictures of my my grandpa passed and that's, like, usually who we try and connect with. And it's like we had pictures in the house. My mom, like – like the the lady, she was like, oh, I'm getting like a masculine energy. And immediately my mom's like, oh, my dad died of cancer. I'm like, oh, no, that's everything. Like, how are we supposed to know? Um, And it's just and I don't blame my mom for that. It's like she just wants to connect yeah. with her dad. And a lot of people are in that position uh, and they're very vulnerable and it's easy to get kind of roped in. But um. Yeah, there's some people like that. I know that like, who is it? The Long Island medium has been called out for that a couple times. And that (laughs) one kid that like the Hollywood psychic or whatever has been called out for that. But I do think that there are people that have like genuine gifts, which is, oh, oh my God, I haven't thought about this in a million years, but you just reminded me of it. I did actually have a legitimate experience. I used to be a makeup artist at the Matt Counter in an Ulta in Orange County, out of nowhere, one time this lady, she asked me to like do her like eyeliner or her eyebrows or something. And she's like, she, <laughs> she's like, by the way, like I'm a psychic. I'm like, all right, let's see where this goes. And I was like not taking her seriously. Cause like, I do a fucking s- magic trick then. I want to see. <laughs> right. But she was like, I remember getting so annoyed because she was like, are you with somebody? And I was like, yeah, I have a boyfriend. Like we live close by. She's like, you're not going to stay with him. And this was when I was like really in love with my boyfriend. And I was like, we're going to be together forever. She's like, no, this isn't the one for you. He's not masculine enough. And no shade to my ex, but like, he's not very masculine. Like he was just very nerdy. She's like, you're going to be with like a real man. And I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) 
And I was like so annoyed. She's like, no, no, no. Like you're going to end up with like someone that's very masculine, someone that's like big and tall and wants to take care of you. And I think she said like a Leo or whatever. And I was like, <gasps> whatever, lady. I kn- Are you a big, tall man? <laughs> I'm a big lady. I, I'm not <laughs> tall, but oh my God. I can put on platforms. Yeah, maybe she was talking about you, maybe the energy, but I was like so taken aback. But like now everything that she said that I'm thinking of now, like she was 100% right about all of that because wow, me and my boyfriend ended up breaking up and he's not. So we'll see who, if I end up with a masculine Leo, goddamn, she will have been real correct. But it was so funny because she said it like – Normally, if someone speaks to me that way, I'm like going to be like, I'm not helping you. But she had a sense of humor. She was very entertaining and she was very sweet about it. But she was like, yeah, she just said it. She's like, no, you're not going to stay with him. I'm like, <laughs> what? It was crazy. But yeah, so that that was like a legit experience because I didn't tell her anything. Like the only thing I said was that I had a boyfriend and we lived nearby and she just like went with it and – yeah, and she said a lot of stuff like about me and like my family relationships. So it was pretty accurate. So that's one. I'm remembering too. <laughs> I've had another psychic experience that uh, my mom and I found through Groupon. So I don't know if that okay. establishes any credibility. But mm-hmm. we were in New Orleans because we went on a cruise together that left out of that port. Yeah. And so we found this lady through Groupon and we were cool. on a different excursion right before we were doing some type of ghost walk. So we went to different oh. historical places that are said to be haunted. And we Neat. realized that we were late and we were freaking out and we were trying to get directions to the place and we were like fighting and stuff because we couldn't get there. And we ended up being, mm-hmm. ooh, I want to say like 10 to 15 minutes late. And it's already only like a 30 to an hour long session. Mm -hmm. and the lady was super super peeved and was being mean to us because of it and we tried to like apologize but well I tried to apologize um my mom didn't like that she was being mean so she got a little aggressive back and so I think that lady even more and so she did the reading for me first and she said that I was going to marry a European doctor and have twins, which is kind of interesting because my grandma had twins too. So they said that okay. supposedly skips a generation, but she does. She said I was going to end up being um, like a district attorney at a big law firm. <gasps> yeah, and uh, what else did she say about me? I and this was all just off the cuff, like yeah. I try to look back and remember. I don't think I said anything like about my aspirations, but all her predictions were really far enough that if they didn't come true, it's not like I could go back and track her down and be like, "Excuse me, ma'am." <laughs> but then she did my mom's, who she obviously butted heads with from the beginning, and she <laughs> told my mom she was going to die from a stomach ulcer. That's so rude. That is so rude. Why would you say that to someone? I feel like, isn't there some kind of like code of ethics with like mediums and psychics and stuff? You're not supposed to tell people like when or how they're going to die. Like I thought that was a thing. See, that makes sense. I think she just really did not like my mom. And then too, because my mom, she wrote down everything like the psychic was saying about me. 
and uh-huh. I didn't have a pen and paper, so I just tried to record it on my phone. And the psychic was like, "Turn your phone off. That fucks with the energy in the room." Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, "That's oh crazy." My god, I'm so sorry. But now, when I think about it, I don't feel like my cell phone should be messing with your connection to the other side, because probably most not. Psychics are able to function on live TV or whatever, even if they're not real. Mm-hmm. But I've I've never heard of that rule before. Maybe she's an acoustic psychic. I don't know. <laughs> um, man, that's crazy. I think it'd be so much fun when we can eventually get together if we like went and saw a psychic together. Oh my How much gosh, fun would that be? Yes. We could see a psychic and like a tarot reader. And I, I think that'd be so much fun. I would be good about not saying shit to them before. I know. Because I'm I'll just be an like, overshare. I just want to tell them exactly. I'm like, actually, my dream is to be famous on the internet. And they're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. going to happen to you. They're like, oh, and what is it that you're interested in doing? I'm like, oh, well, I have a podcast. Oh, your podcast is going to be real successful. How funny. You know, um, Tiny Meat Gang, they went to a psychic and their lady told them that they were going to be successful. They didn't say anything about like having a podcast or being on the internet or whatever, but they were like, I think she was like a psychic, but she was using tarot cards to channel, I think. So she was asking like questions about like them and their relationship and they were giving like very little information. And she pulled... I think the sun or the star card and that's like a really good sign for success. So that was cool. Oh, also I do tarot card pulls and I did a really interesting tarot reading for me and Tori before we started this whole podcast adventure. So that was cool. Lots of good signs. We've been getting lots of good positive signs from the universe yeah. with this whole thing, but Tori has her earbuds in and won't listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's it's true. I definitely am like a stick in the mud and I just need to pull my head out of my ass and be more positive. But I don't okay. know. I think everything that sounds good just sounds good, too good to be true for me. But I need to realize that there's got to be someone out there. And the same thing with the artist thing. It's like there's someone's got to do it so it's like why couldn't that be me yeah. why couldn't that be you you know mm-hmm. no I think we've got a good thing going here and I have fun and it's good to have fun and joy in your life regardless of if it turns into anything you know yeah but yeah I think that's a really good place to end it what do you think do you have any closing remarks no I completely agree I think so too yeah so just One more little social media plug. We're Reformed Crazy X on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to see our faces on YouTube, you can look up the Reformed Crazy Ex-Girlfriends podcast. We've got video versions. Uh, You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And again, once we reach 100 followers on Spotify, we are going to release our Patreon, which is going to have bonus episodes, Discord uh rewards and other fun little behind the scenes things so thank you so much for listening this is a really really fun episode i had a great time what about you tori did you have a great time i had an amazing time thank you and also even if you don't watch the whole video you should definitely check out youtube just to see the backdrop that tori's got going on today she's got all these beautiful flowers it's very springtime uh it's very very cute so 
definitely check out little midsummer vibes yeah. but yeah thank you all so much i hope you enjoyed it um i hope everyone except david dobrik has an amazing day me too deport david dobrik 2021 bye, bye.